1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and member FDIC. Hold on to your butts. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Western demands. Now this affects Iris. Um,
0: Iris, where are you? What you feel only matters to you. I do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. Iris, I have a tip for you. Don't take drugs! Or Whatever Movies with Wesley and Iris. What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I'm your co-host, Iris, and I'm here with my older brother... Wesley. Today we're talking a movie from 2023. There's wrestling, and there's (laughs) wrestling. The Iron Claw. The Claw.
1: I have never heard of the Iron Claw, neither the Iron Claw nor the Von Erich family, which is one of the most famous families in professional wrestling wrestling history. Have you heard of the Von Erichs?
0: I mean, I guess when you grow up in Torrance, California, Dallas, Texas feels like a universe away, but you loved wrestling growing up.
1: You're right. I did love wrestling, and Ric Flair was never on my radar either, and if he was in the WWE, E, formerly WWF. I didn't know about it. and it seems like the von Erich family was primarily in one of those offshoots. I'm not sure that WWF was the main, Wrestling, like the authoritative wrestling federation, but that's what apparently what I stuck to as a kid.
0: That was our wrestling. But it's also the wrestling of Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant.
1: Exactly. Randy, Macho Man, Savage. But also I have weird wrestling blind spots. You know who else was huge in the WWE? Uh The Rock. And I don't have any idea who these middling like ninety late nineties wrestlers are.
0: Huh. By middling, you weren't referring to The Rock, I assume.
1: This middle portion where it's not modern, but it's also not my era. Thankfully, uh, I aged out of wrestling, professional wrestling, as a serious hardcore fan.
0: Who's John Cena?
1: Exactly. Who is John Cena? I think he's invisible.
0: Was that like a superhero reference?
1: His tagline is, you can't see me. And I don't know what that means. There's lots of (laughs) memes where John Cena's in a meme and people are like, what? I don't see anything. It's dumb. (laughs) It's dumb.
0: Uh, well, he's the man, and The Rock is the man, but they crossed over from wherever they came from. I think John Cena was—I honestly don't know if he was football or wrestling or Definitely MMA. Definitely
1: wrestling and acting.
0: Well, the, um, the Iron Claws, otherwise known as the Von Eriks, they're hella famous when, you, when the procession is on its way to David Von Erich's funeral. There are like crowds of people lining the street. And it's easy to forget that they're famous because even though Zac Efron, as Kevin Von Erich, is like distractingly yoked, he's very unassuming, <laughs> you know, and he's not a showman, which they make very clear. And it's easy to think that they're just these podunk backwoods wrestlers, which they kind of are, but they're also famous in their own small pond.
1: I mean, he was a showman. He just wasn't the greatest showman.
0: Yeah, that's true. Like he was great. He was great in the ring. Come on, that was a Zac Efron
1: Greatest Showman movie reference. No, nothing. Okay.
0: And wasn't that um the Australian dude?
1: Huge jacked man. Yeah.
0: So like Brendan Fraser in the Whale, or like Brendan Fraser in like ancillary content and interviews promoting the Whale. Yeah. I was so relieved (laughs) to see Zac Efron at a reception for the Iron Claw, and to see that he looks like. Zach Efron and not this super yoked, crazy, buff Von Erich character.
1: Do you remember we were talking about Maestro and Bradley Cooper showing up at like 1 a.m. and just going to sleep in the chair and having godloads of prosthetics applied to his face?
0: Yeah, for, for Maestro. So I, I was mm-hmm. like,
1: how in the world could Zach Efron wrestle in sweat and stuff with that weird chin facial prosthetic on? like? That probably cost half the budget of the movie is reapplying that that weird chin and those fake lips, man. And so when you said Zac Efron looks normal, quote unquote, because he was absurdly, like, eerily jacked like not right (laughs) like whoa it's like not everyone got the memo like David Sean Durkin the director was like get yoked and David was like oh okay so he like did some curls and stuff and Zac Efron went off the deep end (laughs) and then Zac Efron still looks like that maybe not the body but what do you mean by Zac Efron looking normal because I'm worried about Zac Efron who looks nothing like normal
0: Well, you heard that he, like, almost died in a kitchen accident, right?
1: Uh, no.
0: He fell or something in his kitchen, and he broke his jaw and, like, almost died. Oh,
1: I do remember the jaw-breaking thing. That doesn't, I mean, did he then immediately film this movie with a puffy jaw for six months?
0: (laughs) He had reconstructive surgery on his face. And so he Ah. looks a little, he looks different. I mean, he's also a man now, right? And so... I think that in a combination of just maturing and coming into his adult face and their facial reconstructive surgery and then just getting like super jacked, he was like a completely different person.
1: All right. I take back the stuff, I, the bad things I said about Zac Efron looking funny. I had forgotten about that part. <laughs> now you feel all guilty. Let me tell you. I saw some promo images and I was like, holy cow, that dude is jacked. And he talked about his ultra shredded Baywatch body and how that's like unnecessarily unhealthy. He's like, I don't ever want to be in that good a shape again because it was really damaging to my body to be that cut. And then he got all swole for the iron claw. But it did not help when I saw like a behind the scenes promo image and he had that hair, which kind of made Kevin more than anything, I think.
0: Oh, all the hair. This is a hair movie. They're like a hair band in the ring.
1: <laughs> oh, the 70s. So Zach Efron is three times as buff as, he, as his brothers. And when they let David, or no, was it David? Was David the ultra skinny one or was that Mike?
0: Mike was the skinny, lanky, youngest one. The musician. Carrie was the Jack Olympian. And then Harris Dickinson. David was the one from Triangle of Sadness. And
1: so I watched David. And I, at first I thought they don't look anything like brothers. And and they really don't. The bear looks totally different from Zac Efron. You haven't seen the bear. You don't know what I'm talking about because you don't watch TV. Wow. But then David took on. Did he also for you take on this weird Heath Ledger vibe? That it was impossible to shake. It was mesmerizing to watch.
0: Hmm. I didn't think of that, but he's just, like, an eternally, like, sweet and sensitive and, like, and is, like, taking care of his brothers and feels bad about leapfrogging, leaving Kevin behind.
1: And I I liked that aspect because it was hard to connect to some of these boys. Had I known that every one of this dude's, the Iron Claw Man dads, kids were going to die before him except for Kevin, who got to live like vicariously through his sons and like, we can be your brother's dad. And it's like, uh oh. we've been watching a tough slate lately. They haven't been feel goods. I didn't know that the Iron Claw was going to be quite so dark.
0: You know, it's funny because it is definitely a tragedy. But I was trying to be aware of the story's structure. Half of the movie is the opposite of tragedy, it is triumphant They're winning championships. The brothers are hanging out, they're doing beer bongs and they're floating on the river and playing football and meeting girls, or at least one of them is. Like the first half of the movie is actually quite happy, except there is this weird sense of foreboding. I don't know if it's lurking around corners or it feels like it's just like an underlying tension. It never felt happy.
1: Yeah, well, the opening shot is the dad stomping on someone's head in the ring. And I guess that was a metaphor or a, so, something to establish his life of like wrestling all his problems into submission and just like heavy handing everything.
0: Yeah. Maybe the dad is just the undercurrent of foreboding. I think so. He's just like the lurking menace.
1: Dad's too tough on Mike, mom, and poor Mike. And it doesn't measure up to his brothers, literally and figuratively. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was concerned. And and so the movie kind of established the dad as going through hell as a wrestler and and trying to to bring his family up to kind of attain the glory that he sought for his entire career. And Kelly Ray was like, well, it must have worked for him because he got a house and a lot of guns. Mm. So he wasn't like destitute.
0: Like that's like the Texas dream or whatever.
1: Right. But the whole thing about an act, if you establish a gun in Act 1, it has to go off by Act 3. What about a cabinet of guns?
0: So terrible. That was the worst when Kevin is, well, obviously it's horrible that Kevin's like choking out his dad. But he's like, you were supposed to take care of him. He was yeah. supposed to take care of all of them it's so true and horrible he didn't yeah. care about taking care of his family he cared about the von Erich legacy and for some reason Doris von Erich just went along with it
1: yeah but I think for Colonel Quaritch, that was the only way he knew how to care for his family I think he was as close to the wrestler in his real life as his character you know was portrayed he just strong-armed everything and and him d- driving them to succeed was probably his idea of love and support i want you to be the best son kind of thing
0: that was like his twisted love language but he also yeah. had this chip the chip of the curse where everybody was against them and i'm sick of them ruling us out i'm tired of it like now's our chance like he had the attitude that would Keep him from ever truly succeeding. Maybe you know beyond the the house and the ranch vision. Yeah, I mean he did seem to have a lot going for him. He had his own wrestling business. It sounded like the Von Ericks owned the Sportatorium, um, <laughs> which <laughs> which I think was a little bit more ring in a warehouse than it kind of looked. But anyway, they had the ranch. You know he had all the kids. He had the son who was an Olympian. That takes money.
1: It does, and it all got pissed down the drain by the boycott.
0: Right, which he just took to be another cosmic blow to his his family and his ego.
1: Michael Phelps was supposed to have his final Olympics and try to win a few more bronzes and silvers or whatever he could pull out, and then COVID mucked it up.
0: Oh, really? Yep.
1: So uh, the bear couldn't go to the Olympics, and then I was trying to figure out why I wrote The Bear Loses a Paw in this movie, and then I remembered.
0: (sighs) Ouch. Also, you were mentioning that you didn't know what the I meant.
1: Yeah, it was. So what I wrote down was the I is weird.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We can't. Because when (laughs) when Zac Efron meets uh, Lily James. Yeah. She's like, didn't your family ever teach you to ask questions? And he's like, "Uh, yeah, no. Why? And he's looking at her sideways, sideways because his left eye is swollen from light. Oh, the bite.
1: that's right. And I was, I, so I was, I think I wrote that down to track it to determine if that was how Kevin looked because Zach Efron was a mess upstairs, and I, I was trying to figure out what was real, what was prosthetic, what was an effect for the Kevin character. And I thought, the is, is the eye swollen, or is that what Zac, Zac Efron's <laughs> eye got, looks like now?
0: He got his eye gouged out in the fight.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming, you
0: know, that leaves a little bit of a trace.
1: So probably at twice his age, Mickey Rourke, maybe that's an exaggeration, was the wrestler and did some really convincing wrestling stuff. Zach Ephron, for as buff and huge as he is, looked a little bit weak in the wrestling ring. like what? he didn't sell it. they like look, you're as my wrestling coach told me in high school, it's a hell of a place oh, to put wow. it, but your center of gravity is in your butt. You gotta crouch down and like get it right and like and he just he was like standing up and like on his toes the whole time. It didn't feel very authentic wrestling to me, which is kind of a shame. And I should know as I was a, I was an authority on 80s <laughs> WWF wrestling.
0: Well, he's probably standing at his full height because, did you see when he was billed as 6'2", 255 yes! or something?
1: <laughs> yeah, and I sourced it, Zach Efron, 5'8", if he's an inch. Uh,
0: so, you know, he was maybe trying to live up to that completely fabricated stat. But also I thought that he was showing off some amazing wrestling chops. Now granted I'm not an expert like you are, apparently, but Kelly Miyasato and Kelly Osborne were both on the wrestling team in Torrance High. And so I should know something <laughs> <laughs> about wrestling. And Dad took me to see WWF. So anyway, he's bouncing off those ropes And he's hitting the same part of his back every single time. He's jumping off of the top ropes. He's doing the drop kicks right in the solar plexus, even though he's only 5'8". And the dudes are like six inches taller than him. I thought he was showing off some pretty wicked wrestling chops.
1: Not to say he didn't do aerial stuff. It just it didn't look as seasoned as Mickey Rourke did, who made it look effortless. But when he when five eight Zac Efron was billed at six two, that would have put David at like six seven or something, <laughs> or something absurd, if that were true. I did note that too. I was like Zac Efron, but okay. But also, you know, ten years ago, if you said Zac Efron as a wrestler in the Iron Claw, I would have been like what, because he yeah. would have looked like Mike.
0: He showed you.
1: I guess he was dedicated. It's. Alarming, like you see that dude, and you're like, "Whoa!" Like he d- <laughs> he looks like professional bodybuilders, where they don't make sense in public life. Like you can you don't see professional bodybuilders at the store; they don't make clothes for those dudes. And uh, and Zach Efron was not that wasn't okay.
0: I <laughs> it's it's distracting, especially in the mesh tank top. <laughs> I just want him to wear the yellow mesh tank top, like, all the time.
1: The 70s, man.
0: Was that his wardrobe protest against Carrie getting the World Heavyweight Championship? So good.
1: Here's what's strange to me about the Iron Claw. The dad, the, digressing for one more second about that dude, you said that it's it, it had this undercurrent of menace. Possibly. I'm paraphrasing. But did you know that the actual Von Erich, obviously, they, they, he said what his real name was when they talked about he and Pam's baby. But do you know why they were the Von Erichs?
0: And not the Addisons or whatever? Right.
1: Adkinsons.
0: Adkinsons? I don't know. Why?
1: Because that was their, their wrestling name, their stage name. And when the dad had boys... They were Von Erichs as well, so they could be this legacy wrestling family. But his shtick, his gimmick, was so and so Von Erich, the goose-stepping Nazi wrestler guy.
0: <gasps> what?
1: And so he was full on like his Nazi regalia, like you saw briefly Shut up. the Iron Sheik. Who they credited simply yeah. as the sheik and that yeah. was his gimmick he was presumably iranian and had his his headdress on and stuff and and had his little twirly mustache of evil or sure. whatever and he was an Ar- iranian sheik like type and and von eric was a was a nazi like goose stepping and that, hitler saluting and all that stuff yeah that was
0: his character
1: in like the 60s what? And so all his kids continued the Von Erich name and didn't quite have the same gimmick. But it was one of those things that they toned down. And still that undercurrent of menace persisted. Oh I my, think for yeah. I, for both of us, I still felt it like you did.
0: Probably a discerning choice because I think that would have been way distracting. And if there was ever any chance that you might have sympathy for Fritz Von Erich, it, Fritz, it would have been I mean, lost. come on.
1: Fritz Von Erich
0: if he was a nazi character i get that he's a bad guy and people assume bad guy personalities personas for the purpose of the, the narrative right so i get that they they adopt these personas but i i don't think yeah we could have ever gotten past it fritz von Erich would have just been i mean a nazi
1: yeah turn heel is what we're calling it the heels are the bad guys
0: in wrestling parlance. Uh,
1: and I think any, any other kind of fabricated, uh, hyper-exaggerated uh, sportsmanship thing like this where they're personas, characters. Mm. So going back to what I was saying, Zac Efron, he definitely took some hits. And I'm sure got hurt or committed to training to learn how to wrestle. But the blurred line in this movie was Fritz. That's so dumb. The dad, I'm just gonna call him the dad. I get it. So I'm like, Oh, wrestling's fake. And and it's like, no, I think Kelly Ray said it. They're not, they're not fake. They're real athletes and they're really doing these moves. And maybe the storylines are scripted, but they're still out there performing and doing all that stuff and really getting hurt. But to the dad, it's almost as though, you know, we're going to bring this back to our family. And he understood the politics of wrestling. You get out there, you work hard, you work your way up the corporate ladder, as it were, to become, to get your chance at the belt. But to him, winning the belt wasn't scripted. It was like he had to attain it through sheer force of will and and talent. And, you know, it finally came back to our family and stuff. You got this, right? This idea that the moves were Real, but scripted. And still, it seemed at times like the dad believed wrestling and the championship and everything was a real deal.
0: I agree. And he definitely blurred the lines and it was confusing because I was like, so is it not like, you know, was he supposed to win? Which leads me to another point about the filmmaking. I think that Sean Durkin definitely doesn't pander to the audience in the Iron Claw, the twists and turns of the story, the subtler ones are very subtle. Like in the match where he gets, where Zach Efron gets thrown out of the ring and he's like, he wasn't supposed to throw me out of the ring. And then he does the suplex on the, the concrete floor, Ugh. gets the wind completely knocked out of him. Upon first viewing, I was like, why is the referee counting so slowly? Because I was in it. I believed that what was happening was off script and a, and a real fight, you know, because the, the dad was saying, like, they're going to test you and blah, blah, blah. Um, And it sounds like they did a little bit, but the ref was definitely delaying his count because it was foretold that he would get back in the ring and he would win in the non-title fight against whatever, the dude, not Ric Flair, but the other guy. So he's, like, gathering himself, everybody got the wind knocked out of him, and he barely gets in the ring, and then the da- afterward, the dad's, like, pissed. He's like, what well, took you so long? He's like, I've just never been thrown that hard.
1: I thought he was in that dreamy, like, time slows down thing, and that's, I mean, he was counting slow, but also I thought he was counting slow because Zac Efron was on the edge of death.
0: <laughs> I <One>. mean, definitely. <laughs> he definitely... <done> True. <Two>. <laughs> I could see why you'd be worried. Zach Efron definitely was pushing it in this character. But they all they were all playing along and the only time that they officially went off script was when he iron-clawed Ric Flair's head to disqualification.
1: And Ric yeah, Flair does
0: was bleeding. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, so the bleeding is real. There's long been documented. Hulk Hogan and all the other no- notables, they all talked about at some point. They're covered in blood. They have uh razor blades taped onto their oh, wrist guards on. and things, and they'll nick themselves because head wounds bleed a lot and it looks great on camera. Like cut themselves up by the hairline and stuff. And so all the blood when you see it in the ring is almost always real, as I understand it. Ooh. Now, does Kevin think it's real? If you Iron Claw, Ric Flair, in the ring, because the Iron Claw is your signature family move, do they have to be like, oh, he Iron Clawed him, we have to roll with it because we have to maintain the illusion that the Iron Claw is a finisher move. Was that the case? He Iron Clawed him, and the ref was like, we got to go with it. And so they went with it, or does Kevin think the Iron Claw is real and painful? Like, I didn't get it, having watched it only
0: once. (laughs) It doesn't seem like the most effective, the most dominant move, right? You can, <laughs> I mean, unless he's really got, he's really worked those finger muscles or whatever, but I think they were going along with it. And I don't think in that moment he believed it. I think that he saw it as, you know, in in Kevin Von Erich's kind of simplified worldview, his poetic way out of the ring. You know, that he was going to roll with this family signal or whatever, and everyone else was going to go along with it because you keep up illusions. But at that moment, or at least by then, Kevin knew that he was done.
1: Man, that's deep, bruh.
0: And that's what I'm saying. I think that Sean Durgan wanted to go deep with this.
1: And what he does was a little bit confusing, but that doesn't mean he wasn't wholly invested in making it as real as possible.
0: Well, the Iron Claw definitely holds up to repeat viewing. I think that it made a lot more sense. I did not find it hollow, although I think that's kind of been one of the main criticisms. I found it to be quite substantial. It's just a little subtle. And maybe too subtle for today's audience that needs the drama to be more spoon-fed. This has its fair share of tragedy, it's not what I'm saying, but the kind of deeper themes and like the character arc of of Kevin Von Erich I think is a little subtle.
1: And I'm okay with that. F all those people who need it to be spoon-fed, you either like it or you don't. This movie I don't think is interested in making a terrible amount of money, but uh, I also don't care. I wanted to see what was embellishment and what was real because while it feels excessive that everybody died. Did you know that this movie cut out one of the brothers? There was another brother who also committed suicide. Shut like up. there were like so many brothers in this family. They just dropped one of the ones who committed suicide, one of them. So Mike was the one who who got hurt uh, and overdosed on pills. The bear shot himself, and there was another kid who died (gasps) who shot himself, uh, I think it was with a shotgun, that they simply excised from the script because it was too much and may have seemed too unbelievable, which means that when Fritz von Erich, or Appleby, or whatever his name was, went to his grave, he was preceded in death by five out of his six sons. (sighs) And so that lends itself well to this is an incredible story that needs to be told on screen, even though Zac Efron made everyone else look bad in terms of wrestling training and buffing up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I really wanted to find out, though, because Kerry went to the WWF and became Intercontinental Champion. And I remember that as a middle range belt. That wasn't the world champion. That was Intercontinental. It's kind of like being Miss Universe and Miss World. But I want to see if in real life he did that and became Intercontinental Champion in the WWF with one leg. Seriously? Whoa. That's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah. And just so driven and so determined to push through the pain. And yet, according, you know, according to him at the end, they were going to drop him. And he had put all of his eggs in the wrestling basket and was done. I think if there was a Von Eric curse, it was plain and simple mental illness. Yeah. I mean, not and not in a judging way, like just for suicides. It's not to say
1: it. But they were pretty sad. And strangely, Kevin had it mostly together. Like, he was sad and stuff. But you would think that you look at the committed wrestling brother, and it's Zach Efron as Kevin, who's terribly, eerily yoked. And that he would be the one to come out on top with a loving family and a future. And like you would have <laughs> thought he would have been the first to succumb to the, the curse of the Iron Claw or whatever, was the, or the curse was... of the Von Eriks.
0: It was the grounding force of Pam who wanted to be a vet and wanted to have her own practice and wanted a man who would be okay with that.
1: Lily James is so supportive. She's the, like, legendary Texas dream wife.
0: Isn't she British?
1: Yeah, she was in Downton Abbey and Baby Driver. But she's just like, oh, whatever you want to do. I think you're hot and I support everything you want to do. And sure, I'll give you however babies you need. You know, hurry up. The pie is the pie is getting cool, honey. It's in the windowsill. And she's just so supportive and pretty and like letting them go through their craziness with guns and wrestling and motorcycles and stuff. Um, She was a tex- Texas fantasy if I've ever seen one.
0: Yeah. Plus big hair.
1: Yeah. In Texas in the 70s. And uh, the biggest bummer, I think, about the Iron Claw, at least for Kevin, who survived all his brothers and uh, didn't succumb to the wrestling curse or whatever, is apparently in the Iron Claw Von Eric Heaven, you stay the age you were when you died. Oh, that sucks. If the afterlife is forever, you want to live fast, die young or whatever. You don't want to be old and decrepit and you don't want to be a Claudia-like child vampire child for all of eternity, right?
0: Well, I mean, you get your feet back.
1: I guess. I mean, this is loose and fast with the rules here. What's the rules?
0: Uh, I I don't know the the whole heaven thing was a little I think Sean Durkin was just like all right this is a little this is a little sad let's make them let's make a very happy Von Eric heaven
1: oh sure you're just gonna make it happy when it's convenient to you Sean Durkin that kid I mean look we're talking about real tragedies and it's horrible this kid apparently got electrocuted or got shocked by something and fell face first into a shallow puddle and drowned and so he's a little kid and it's horrible. So I guess, good on you, Sean Durkin. Let the kid have his happy, smiling moment, all toe-headed in heaven, whatever, being hugged by, by his brothers, who he could maybe never communicate with in the afterlife. But live or die, it seems like a tough road to hoe for the Von Ericks uh, in the Iron Claw.
0: Well, except Kevin gets his happily ever after. He lives on a ranch. He's got all of his kids living with him and all of his grandkids. Yeah, because he defied
1: his dad and sold the business and didn't ride his motorcycle after his championship win, for God's sake.
0: (laughs) And that's all he wanted, right? That's the Von Eric heaven on on Earth.
1: I'm not going to say this one touched me or pushed any serious buttons. As much as I think that while wrestling is inherently silly, I think they wanted it to be serious. Um, Watch The Wrestler. It's a better wrestling movie. In some ways, watch The Peanut Butter Falcon. Also a better wrestling movie, but it also shows you that just because you own a wrestling business doesn't make you profitable, you know, in life as the Peanut Butter Falcon will attest.
0: The Peanut Butter Falcon, our first discussion on Or Whatever Movies available at orwhatevermovies.com.
1: I tried to take the movie seriously, couldn't really take it all that seriously. I'm not going to say it was hollow, but I'm going to say it maybe wasn't quite as profound and or deep as John Durkin kind of intended.
0: Okay. And so your final rating is?
1: Iron Claw was interesting. It was certainly, yeah, I, mean, I don't know if it was better than I expected it to be. I have a lot of hope for the Sean Durkin kid who's not a kid. And to that end, I wanted, I was excited to watch this movie. The Iron Claw was all right. It was all right. It was all right. It wasn't bad. It was just sad. It was just sad.
0: So a sad from Wes and a good from Iris. That's our review yeah, on the Iron Claw. One. And, of course, we always love to hear from you. 818 834 Eight four eight
1: seven four eight. Wow! Something eight one eight eight three five zero four seven three. It's only been three hundred episodes plus,
0: <laughs> or whatever movies at gmail.com. Are you sure
1: it's not Hotmail or AOL?
0: Wow! Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Hi, I am Lessa Godette, host of her extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time.
1: electric transform your influence
0: electric acid electric, acids. electric acids.